Although we both identify as Roman Catholic, our aim is not to convert or convince. We have no official affiliation with any religious body and present here only our own interpretations and opinions of these stories. We understand and expect that some listeners may not have spiritual belief in certain aspects of these events, but we hope you find value in them as historical narratives which are inextricably tied to the times, places, cultures, and spiritual beliefs of the people who lived and retold them. Due to age and variable documentation practices, we cannot guarantee the historical accuracy of these stories. And welcome to A Martyr and a Monk. That's Victoria. And that's Christina. Today we're going to continue with our story of St. Peter the Apostle, who you will remember has a lot of stuff. Um, and when we finished off the last episode, we talked about how he was traditionally probably maybe uh, crucified upside down in Rome under the Emperor Nero. Yes. And then his body is put somewhere. Yes. Right? That's about as far as we got. So we're going to follow up with what happened to his body after his death. Um, We're going to proceed from this point onwards as if he was in Rome and he did get crucified upside down and that all of that happened. Right? Because we talked about the sketch sketch stuff about whether or not he was ever in Rome. But we're just going to proceed as if all of that is true because if that's not true, then all of the rest of this stuff I have to tell you is a baffling and enormous historical mistake which seems unlikely to me okay it seems more likely that we lost the records of him being in rome than that all of the rest of this is wrong good if that i would hope so yes so that's the that's what we're going to proceed on we're going to assume that that all that happened he really was executed under nero and yeah that's what happened okay he's the first pope all that Okay. Would you also like to preface uh, all of this with uh, what we're going to share on the Instagram? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Based on on what I'm looking at. (laughs) Because this this topic that we're going to talk about today and probably in the next part, it's probably get broken into two parts, is is very hard to describe with words. You really need to be able to look at the pictures and the diagrams. So I have all the pictures and things ready to go for Christina to look at while I talk. Um, And then we will also put all of the same pictures on our Instagram and I will mark them with the timestamps so you can follow along on the Instagram and look at the same pictures we're looking at as we're looking at them, which hopefully will make this make more sense. (laughs) (laughs) We Um, hope so. (laughs) Yes. So most of what we're going to talk about today comes from one book, which was published in the 80s, I believe, called The Bones of St. Peter by John Evangelist Walsh. Um, I believe there is now another book that was just released in the last couple of years about the same topic, but this one by John Evangelist Walsh is like the book that you would find. Like if you Googled this, if you want to know about it, it's his book, his diagrams, his photos, all of it. He like did a good job and compiled it all in the 80s. Um, So that's where most of this has come from. And then I sort of background checked and read around it on Wikipedia and other places just to fill in some gaps. Okay. 
But if you're interested, highly recommend that book. It's not very long. It's very descriptive, very interesting. It's great. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So, Peter is theoretically crucified. He is killed in the circus, Nero Circus, which stood near the Vatican Hill. Um, What happens next? The only very explicit detail of what happens to his body comes from one mention in the Apocrypha. Um, It comes from the book called The Acts of Peter, Mm -hmm. which was probably written in the second century um, and is apocryphal, so it's not in the Bible. But it says this, quote, uh, oh, wait, just kidding. Before we tell you that, they're going to talk about Marcellus in this quote. Um, Marcellus was a Roman senator who was theoretically converted to Christianity by Peter. Okay. He features a lot in this Acts of Peter book. But you will never have heard of him. <laughs> Do we know that he like existed? No idea if he actually oh, okay. existed. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Um, but he does come up in this quote, so that's who that is. So, okay. quote: Marcellus, not asking the leave of any, for it was not possible, when he saw that Peter had given up the ghost, took him down from the cross with his own hands, and washed him in milk and wine, and he cut seven minae of mastic and of myrrh and aloes and Indian leaf fifty and filled a coffin of marble of great price with attic honey and laid it in his own tomb. End quote. Okay. So that's really the only nearly contemporary reference to what happened to Peter's body, After, is that this Marcellus guy okay. took it, basically, stuff. kind of stole yeah. it from the cross, right. um, took care of the body, embalmed it, put it in his own tomb. Okay. Um, so sort of super traditionally in the old times, the theory... Vaguely is that maybe Peter is buried in Marcellus's tomb. Okay. That's like, sure. Right. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but it's really, it doesn't come up hardly anywhere else. There's not like tangential records really right, of, right around the time he died. So they're just kind of guessing. Um, they think that his death would have been between the years 64 and 68. Okay. Um, probably towards the beginning of that window. Okay. Just based on like when Nero was reigning and stuff. Right. Um, so what happens after that is that... You know, he's buried in the mid-60s, and then um, they have records for uh, occasionally, sort of in the next few decades, that people are aware of where Peter is buried. Um, So there's a record that says that within about 20 years of Peter's death, a memorial or shrine or marker of some kind has been constructed over his grave by Pope Anacletus. Okay. Um, Pope Anacletus reigned from 79 to 92. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that lines up. That seems possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story also says that Anacletus supposedly um, built a burial ground for popes, like right around the shrine. So he put up a shrine of some kind and a burial ground all at once. Mm. Okay. That's the theory. Uh, and then in about the year 200, there was this guy named Gaius, sometimes also Caius, okay. who was like an early priest, Christian writer, theologian dude. Okay. Um, and he is writing a letter to somebody and just like casually with no further explanation mentions a tropeon over Peter's grave. Okay. Uh, so a tropeon is an ancient Greek word or Roman Latin word that we don't have anymore. Okay. Um, it doesn't really translate into English very well, so I'm just going to have to sort of describe around it. Okay. It's like, 
it's like a monument or a shrine or a construction that's meant to honor something. Yes. But it's more elaborate than like just an obelisk or something. Like it's got okay. more stuff. All right. Like it's bigger and more detailed and yes. more elaborate. Um, it's called the Tropeon of Peter. Okay. Uh, and Gaius is generally like a respected and trustworthy early Christian writer. Like historically, okay. scholars are like fine with him and they generally yeah. believe the things he writes and they think he's reliable. Um, one of the other things that Gaius does is he produces one of the first versions of the New Testament with like all the canon oh. selections and everything. Yeah. Okay. And he like writes a bunch of stuff and he's generally respected and his time periods are all like checked right. and marked and yeah. stuff. Okay. So the fact that he like casually mentions that there's a tropeon over Peter's grave, people are like, well, that probably means something. Yeah. Right. That there was something. Something there. was there. Yeah. Or at least that people knew, like you said, people knew where it was. Yeah, people knew where it was. Uh, so that was in the year about 200. And the next thing that really happens to this supposed burial site is that Constantine turns up. Um, you know, he gains power in the early 300s. He converts to Christianity. And he decides that he is going to build a basilica over St. Peter's grave. Okay. Which, you know, is fine, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, but this implies, the fact that he puts it here implies that people in this time think that this is where Peter's buried, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and the theory is that he went to the Pope at the time, a guy named Sylvester, and that uh-huh. Sylvester was like, this is where Peter's buried. And Constantine was like, great, let's okay. put a basilica there. Okay. The story, what, year, wait, what year was that again? Uh, it's about 330 when they start building it. Okay. So, a bit so it's later. been 130 years yeah. since the last casual mention of the Tropion. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when Constantine goes to build his basilica, at the time that Constantine does this, in about the year 330, the area is an active cemetery. Like it's actively getting new burials, and people are visiting their dead loved ones, and like it's not like a ruin. It's like okay. a modern cemetery to the people of the time okay um and he basically decides that they're gonna level it and put up a basilica yep okay which is an absolutely like bonkers thing for constantine to even have suggested because like even to us like that's a no-no right like you don't fuck with an an existing cemetery yeah (laughs) yeah even old Uh, ones there's like so many in the u.s yeah you don't just like you just leave it. it Yeah, Yeah, you just, yeah. And so the fact that, like, the the pagan citizens of Rome were still actively using the cemetery. Good lord. um, And they also think that the cemetery is, like, middle to upper class. It's not like the ultra poor. Yeah. It's, like, free Roman citizens, wealthy families, living families. That's who's mostly using the cemetery at the time in about 3.30. And so it's a no-no to us and to the Romans. It was, like even worse it was like absolutely fucking not you do not yeah. fuck with this cemetery like what right. that is an insane thing to even suggest desecration of graves was punishable by death at the time yeah uh it's just a bonkers thing for him to do and the majority of rome is still pagan right like right. even though constantine has converted like people are not changing this fast right. yeah so most of rome is still pagan there aren't that many christians around and constantine has just like walked up and been like we're going to level this cemetery and build a christian monument 
crazy. And the citizens are like, you're completely going to do what now? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. But so he must have pushed, he managed, he manages to do it. So he must have like used every ounce of his power and political savvy and like connections yeah. to make this happen. That's insane. And people nowadays, when the like, historians and things are looking back at this, they're like, it's such an insane thing to him for him to do. And there is empty space like 200 feet away crazy so like just put it over there yeah and don't piss everyone off like why are you doing this and it makes people think that he must have had like a damn good reason for wanting it to be right where he puts it yeah that's what i was wondering is like that suggests that they really thought they knew where it was because if you were just kind of like yeah it's in this region somewhere you'd just be like oh well we'll just put it in the empty space but yeah but they didn't do that it was like we're gonna put it exactly right fucking here yeah and it doesn't okay. matter how many people we piss off, we're, this is where it's going to go. Yeah. Because On top of it really pissing off all of the Romans, Yeah, uh, it's just a like geographically inconvenient place to build a big building. Yeah. Um, so the cemetery at the time is in a district of Rome called Vaticanum, which is why it's called the Vatican now. Yes. Um, but it was called that even in ancient Rome. And it's just like a neighborhood kind of on the edge of town. Right. Um, and it's also on a hill. So sometimes yeah. you might hear about the Vatican Hill. Yeah. Uh, so the cemetery is built on the side of a hill. So not only is it a cemetery, but it's hella slanty. Right. Which is not good yeah. for a giant no. building. No. <laughs> Difficult. Uh, so hard. in order, yeah. So in order to build this building, they have to level the hill, which is an enormous amount of work, right? Because they only right. have hand tools. They don't have diggers yeah. and stuff. So not only is it rude to the citizens, but it's yeah. just a shitload of work. Right. So it's a weird choice if there's no good reason right, to put it there, um, which is part of the reason that people think that like Peter must really, or Constantine really thought that Peter was in this area. Right. So they go ahead and they build this uh, basilica and they start in about the year 330. And what they decide to do is they are going to, so all these mausoleums and tombs and stuff are set on the side of a hill, right? Right. And they decide that the easiest thing to do is to just like, slice off the tops of all the buildings that they're all the same height. Okay. And then fill them with dirt. Because the building that they're going to build on top is so big and heavy that like having this sort of maze of walls underneath it will just help with the foundation, right? Right. So this is like the existing um, things like... Yeah, the existing cemetery. Like mausoleums Yeah, mausoleums and stuff. Like raised buildings rather than subterranean burials. So like if you look at this picture, the light gray is the original slope of the hill. Yes. And they... The dark thing in the middle is like the shape of all the buildings that used to be there. Right. And they just like sliced the top of them off. Yeah. And then filled it it all with dirt. Yeah. Yeah. So they also had to build some retaining walls to make sure that the hill doesn't like slide. Right. Which is what these guys are. Okay. And then in the gaps between the retaining walls and the open spaces inside of the mausoleums, they just take all the dirt from the top of the hill and like slide it down and fill in all the empty space and make this big flat area flatter flatter Um, at least yeah Yeah. that they can put the new basilica on top of okay so that's what they do uh the story is that uh constantine himself participates in the earthworks um and carries 12 baskets of dirt as an like to honor the 12 apostles wow 12 Um, yeah i know (laughs) they think the modern all the uh, other people must have been like wow great thanks yeah thank you (laughs) 
Uh, modern architects and construction teams and stuff estimate that they moved more than a million cubic feet of dirt Jesus. to make this foundation platform yeah. thing that they could build the foundation, the basilica on. And it's just like, it's a fucking huge amount of work if you're not yeah. really sure that this is <laughs> where right. you want to put it. Again, and there's the, the empty area nearby is also flat. It's flat and it's empty. And it's right. less than 200 feet away. So like, what are you doing? Yep. <laughs> so the thinking is that Sylvester, the Pope, was reasonably sure that he knew where Peter's burial was. And he told Constantine. Right. And then Constantine was like, well, this is what we're, we're going to do. do. Then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Traditionally, um, the story is that Constantine... So Sylvester takes Constantine to the grave and like shows it to him. And Constantine has it opened so that he can like actually mm. see the bones of St. Peter. Okay. Um, and the story says that he, when he does that, he, he like provides a fancy new bronze coffin and they put all the bones in the coffin and then bury it again. Okay. And that's the tradition. Okay. But it seems pretty likely that he must have at least seen the tropeon to like believe right. that this is really the yes. right spot. Right. Okay. Um, cause it's unlikely that if it was just like an unmarked burial that he would have believed that. Like yes. Must have been something to convince him. Right. Um, so it seems likely that there was a right. tropion of some sort and he did see it. And, and that tropion would have been from the 70s and he's now in the 300s. Yeah. So it would have been decently old. Old. Um, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like somebody put time. it up in like 305 and he was like, yeah, yeah no, sure. it would have been, it would have been there for a, a while. Yeah. The thinking, like traditionally, if all the dates yes, are correct, that's what they think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so from there, he builds this ginormous building. Uh, okay. So here's this picture on the right. Yeah. So this is the outline is the modern basilica, the giant fancy Renaissance oh. one. Yeah. Um, okay. And then this darker square lines are Peter, uh, Constantine's basilica. Okay. So it's like, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's a big building, even, you know, for the, even now it's a, it would have been a pretty big building. Yeah. Um, but so they build it and it stands for a hell of a long time. Uh, it stands until the 1500s, and during that time, they kind of just, like, do various things to it and around it and make right. various changes. Um, but the tradition through this whole period is that under the altar in this basilica is where Peter is buried. That's the theory. Okay. That's what people, like, generally understand. That's what everybody thinks. All right. So that's what this little blue box on the picture is. That is supposedly, uh -huh. that's the high altar. Uh -huh. Supposedly under there is where Peter's buried. Okay. Um... So in the 6th century, so what, 200-ish years after the Basilica is built, uh -huh. um, there's an account of a visitor to the Basilica who says that people who are granted special permission are allowed to approach the altar, um, and there's like a little window thing in the altar. Oh. The altar's like a stone yeah. box, right? And right. there's like some kind of little window or hole that you can put things through. Oh. And the theory is that... If you put something in there and like lower it down on a string, it will touch the grave of Peter and like uh, uh, get blessings yeah. and it'll be right. like a little holy relic, you know? Yep. Um, so even in like the 500s, people seem to still think that the tomb Peter of St. Peter there. is like down underneath the altar. Yeah. Uh, that's what they think. Huh. Okay. Uh, so the basilica just, you know, chugs along. It's a basilica. Uh, yeah. They install a new altar in around the year 600. Um, by Gregory the Great, the same guy that sends Augustine to Canterbury. Oh, yes. Okay. He installs a new altar. Uh, in 846, something very bad happens. Uh-oh. Uh, and a Saracen army enters oh. Rome. 
Uh-oh. And they, you know, they pillage and they do a bunch of damage and stuff. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of information about what exactly they do in the basilica yeah um it's just described as like they committed um inexplicable iniquities it's just okay. like destroying what something. some horror they've done something horrible yeah um some records suggest that they broke into the altar like uh-huh. not just around it but like they actually demolished the casing somehow and that they possibly therefore damaged the grave Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever else is under there. Yeah. Um, but they're not super sure because the records aren't very clear. They're just like, it was terrible. It was bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so that was in 846. In, around the year 1100, Pope Calixtus has another new altar added. Um, they're just like getting bigger and grander and newer, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's in about 1100. And then in the early 1500s, this building's been standing for over a thousand years. Right. It was probably at least partially made of wood. It's just like it needs to be replaced. It right. Can't, it can't handle the number of pilgrims that are coming through yeah. it every day. Yep. It's just they need a new one. So they tear down the old basilica and build oh, okay. the new one. Okay. Um, the new one is the one we have now. So if you've ever right. been there, this is the one you've seen. They start building it in 1506 and it's like officially completed about 120 years later in 1626. Jeez. Yeah, it takes a while, but it's fucking big. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, and it's really all big. stone and stuff that now. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. yeah. And it's got those Marble giant domes and, and things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when they built the new basilica, they only excavated down where they actually needed to put foundation walls. Right. Um, and pillars and, you know, stuff. Uh, so back to that other picture of the slope. So when they this do one. it in 1500s, is that the current basilica floor? Yeah. So this top one is the new basilica floor and the right. lower one is Constantine's Yeah. So basilica. they just dig down to those, put those... New wall, yeah, they don't. Like, they don't. Yeah, it. they dig like a couple new foundations, but mostly they use like the Constantine's foundations and just kind of you know. So yep. they don't dig down below Constantine's right. floor very much. They do a little, yep. but not a ton. Um, but so what they do is uh, they so they still have this tradition that Saint Peter is buried under the altar. So they kind of just like avoid messing with that area as much right. as possible. Yeah. Um, so what they do is they kind of create like a sub basement. Okay. Which is kind of hard to explain. Well, um, so in so, this in this graphic, it's that gap, basically. Yeah, it's a gap. Yeah. Uh, so the original Constantinian floor yeah. is still at the Vatican in the basement under the altar. Right. Um, which like there's, so, the... there's various stuff down there. Uh, there's yeah. a papal grotto is down there um, with various burials. Gotcha. There's a like a little chapel thing that's down okay. there. Um, if you've ever been there, you can walk right up to it at modern ground level and like look down the stairs and see that there's stuff down there and i think you can i think you can visit the papal grottos like as a normal tourist yeah um i'm not sure if normal tourists can visit the little chapel um but you'll see it and it's like it's open to the air so you like go down some stairs and there's nothing above it right i have a picture somewhere of yep this so this is a picture of the floor plan so the gray shaded stuff is like if you were a tourist you could walk on this okay um and then the white is like you go down these stairs and you're in like an open sub basement thing okay and you can see it in these pictures like oh i see so it's like fenced off so you can't fall into this fall into it yeah um but there's like so if you were standing down there you could look up and see the rest of the basilica right um and then on the back it's completely covered over but there's a chapel back here underground so is that the high altar that's right above that yeah this is the new one yep gotcha okay 
Yep. So that's what's like sort of underground is this white stuff. There's a chapel okay. back here that's underground yeah. and there's this um, little opening here and then it continues like this basement there's continues more, downwards. Yeah. Basement yeah. Stuff. Um, yeah. It just goes it's a t- big area. Okay. Um, so that's what's there now. Uh, and so they basically just save the Constantinian floor and build a new floor, you know, eight feet above it. Right. And use it as a basement, which is fine. Yep. I also uh, wonder, like, it also seems like maybe that that part of the building was the stone part, like kind of like the foundation. Yeah, probably. And they cut off all the wood bits, but they were like, it's too much effort to move all of this stone. So let's just set the new basilica mm-hmm. on top of it, just like they did to the the mausoleums the first time yeah around. and they also they still have this reasonably strong tradition that peter was buried in an active pagan cemetery and that yeah. the basilica is on top of that cemetery so they think that there's stuff down there yeah and they just like don't want to mess with it right they're just like real paranoid be... about yeah. messing with the stuff that's down so, there so <laughs> wait so that the on the hill graphic again the slide six of your PowerPoint. Um, so the thing on the right, those are tombs that they have excavated or no? Because those would be below Constantine's floor, right? Uh, they will be. We will get to them in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> so uh, the uh, so they build this new basilica in the 1500s mainly. Okay. Part of that is that even though they don't really, they like try not to change the stuff immediately around the altar too much and like don't dig any new excavations or right. anything. They do put a new altar on top, which is yeah. the giant fancy one that we have now with right. the big pillars and yeah. all the stuff. Um, so that is installed under Pope Clement VIII in 1594 yeah. towards the end of the construction of the new basilica. There's a story... So there's these various stories from basically the last 2,000 years since Constantine built his basilica of just like random stuff getting turned up from by accident from the necropolis underneath, from yeah. the cemetery underneath. Because they're not looking for it, but occasionally like they'll need to dig a sewer or something and they'll right. just like find random shit. Um, but in the old times, for people who don't know, archaeology and historical study of any like vigor really doesn't start until around the year 1900. So if they turn something up in 1400, they kind of just, like, don't give a shit. They, like, don't document it very well. They don't take care of it. They might even just throw it away. Right. Um, Which is a bummer. Which means that they have a lot of stories of, like, random shit that comes up, but then, like, no further explanation. Yeah. And you don't know what it is. And, yeah. And it's just gone a lot of times. Yeah. So I'll tell you a couple of, like, the traditions that the Vatican had about, like, random stuff that got turned up over the years. Okay. Uh, so when they built the new um, basilica, the one that's yep. there now, and they were redoing the high altar, there's a story that some bit of stone or masonry like breaks free from the top of a pillar and falls like a pretty significant Ooh. height Yikes. and like crashes through the floor. Yikes. Um, and it breaks a big like cracks hole a giant hole in the altar. Oh, it cracks a giant hole in the altar. Uh, possibly okay. also the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> they like the workmen like look through this crack and they say that they can see like a golden cross gleaming in the darkness under the altar Ah. um but then pope clement is like you were explicitly told like not to fuck with the altar area and like don't cause any damage so he just like he's just like we're not going to look into this any further and they just fill it back in the crack in with cement and like fix it yeah and then just don't look into it any deeply any more deeply uh there was a story if you remember saint helena yeah, Constantine's mom. 
She, one of the things, one of the many things that she supposedly brought home from the Holy Land was a gold crown and a golden cross. Right. Okay. Uh, And the story was that she gifted both of these things to Constantine for the Basilica. And they seem reasonably sure that the crown, at least for a while, was suspended above the altar in Constantine's Basilica. Gotcha. But they have no record about where the Cross. cross went. So when this happens in the 1500s, people are like, well, they must have put the cross cross. in the tomb and then they like cased it all in. Right. So that's that's where the cross went. And so the fact that these workmen saw a cross, everyone's like, yeah, that checks out. Like that That would be Helena's cross. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like, yeah, Okay. okay, good. So that was in the 1500s. Uh, and then in the late 1800s, like the 1890s, I think, so not that long ago, um, there was this Jesuit priest who worked for the Vatican. His name was Hartman Grisser. And he, <laughs> this is very, I think this is very fun. He was given permission to do an experiment with the new electric light bulb. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> So he has decided that what he wants to do is he's going to go into this, like, basement thing that's in front of the altar, the modern altar. Okay. So if we look at it, when you go down these stairs to this sort of open sub-basement thing, this thing at the front, if you're facing the altar in this sub-basement thing, they have this thing called the niche of the pallia. Okay. Um, The niche of the pallia is... um, well, it's a niche. It's a little yeah. hole in the wall. Little um, that's got fancy art thing. and gold. Yep, yeah, fancy cool. outcropping thing. Lots of gold, lots of art and stuff is in there now. Uh, and it's called the niche of the pallia because we've talked about pallia. They're the, like scarf stole oh, things yeah. that the bishops yeah, yeah. get. Yeah. And before they give one to the bishop, they like put it in this niche overnight and it like, you know, gets blessed, blessed or whatever. Or it's whatever. like, yeah, that's okay. why it's called that. Okay. And it's just this little niche under the high altar. It's very pretty, but like, you know, it's just a hole in the wall stuff um, and presumably and they're doing that because they think that tradition started because peter is there theoretically and peter probably is, yeah quote unquote the first pope and probably presumably okay. you would think yeah. yes that's probably so why. Yes. that's that's what they do with this niche of the pallia if you were in the vatican even though you can't go down these stairs i don't think as a normal tourist you can yeah. see this because you're kind of like from above right. you can see it um, but so he decides that what he wants to do is he knows that in this little niche where Jesus is in this picture, you can see it. Yeah. Um, at the floor of this niche, the bottom of this little cutout yes. is like a trap door, like a ah. little grate trap door thing. Yes. A metal Secrets. grate. And he's like, I want to know what's down there. Oh, <laughs> Nobody okay, knows. Good. Nobody knows what's down there. So he's like, I'm going to take my new electric light bulb and we're going to drop oh it God. down, whatever is under there and like light it up and see if we can see what's down there. Yeah. So like, he doesn't even know how far down it goes. Like they just right. don't know what's down there. Okay. Um, so he goes down there. They open the little trap door. He drops his light bulb down there. Okay. What they find is that under this little trap door is a shaft that's about five inches by eight inches. So, you know, maybe the size of like a grown adult's hand. Yeah. You know, like not That's that big. That's pretty narrow. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty narrow. It's completely lined in um, serpentine, which is like a green, the green granite stone. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he thinks, Grissar is looking at this and he's like, maybe this is the same shaft that the altar uh, pilgrims thing. used yeah. to drop little bits of stuff through to touch right. the grave. And so he's like, well, maybe at the bottom of this is the grave. That would be yeah. fun. So right. let's drop our light bulb down there. Yeah. <laughs> so he drops it down and it go- they say it goes down about 15 feet until it hits the bottom. Yeah. Um, but his old timey light bulb is shit, right? Like it's not it's that bright. Because it's an old timey light bulb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not Terrible. that bright. So all they can really see is that they think that 
they don't think the shaft goes all the way down. They think that at some point the shaft ends and it kind of opens into a larger space. Right. And, and the so light bulb kind is of too see dim and it just gets lost yeah. in the dark. Yeah. yeah, it's too dim to see what's in the space. They can yeah. just be like, oh, it's not reflecting off the walls anymore. So right. it seems like there's an opening down there. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't see any gleam of metal. Like he doesn't see the cross that they supposedly right. saw. He doesn't see. He just doesn't really see anything except like dark, a hazy crap light bulb in the yeah. dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's fine, I guess. It's a disappointing experiment, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls his light bulb back up and he goes about his day. Okay. Uh, something to note um, while we're looking at this picture of the niche of the Pallia. Yeah. So what do you notice about this space? It's not um, symmetric. It is not symmetric, right? Which, Which is, is weird. their whole thing. It is their whole thing. The rest yeah. of the basilica is perfectly symmetric, but this niche of the Pallia is like not. slightly off center to the left. There's two, two uh, columns on the right and one column on the left. Mm-hmm. Just make any sense. And in here, next to Jesus, you can see they've got two He's little cabinets center. on the right, yeah. and only one on the left. Yeah, the whole thing's off. He's center. not even. The thing is, like, okay, if you had to make this first door off center, make the thing next, the next thing centered on the door, but the the little portrait so. of Jesus yeah. isn't even centered on the door. All of it's, that is yeah, all of it's off centered, <laughs> which is Very weird. Good. And this is yeah. like a thing that people have noticed since they built this basilica. They're like, why is why is it like this? Yes. Wait, okay. And they just so like don't know. So Okay. But this is in the basement. So this It's would like have a been... sort of basement. It's like an open air basement. Yeah, but it's this would have been part of the original basilica? Uh, the basilica? the niche was not I don't think the niche itself is part of the original basilica. Um but the floor but was part the of the level. basilica. Yes. Yeah. The floor is the same one okay. as the basilica. Right. So Okay. So that's so they theoretically this will come after up later. They, yes. So after they built the new basilica mm-hmm. on top of Constantine's, they then went down there and added some stuff. Yeah. Uh, like okay. I think all of this gold and all it's this art new. and these yeah. columns okay. and all of I think all of this is new. Gotcha. Yeah. Um okay. I don't know if the niche of the Pallia existed at all. Like I don't know right. if they had anything like that in yeah. the Constantinian basilica cuz this this floor this would have been more like floor level and there would have just been the altar would have been in front of you. Right. It would have just been. Yeah. There. Yeah. Because it wouldn't. It wasn't right. raised above you like it is now. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense. Like this pallia now has like its little roof and the column stops. So all of that. It wasn't there. Yeah. Because yeah, it wasn't it there. It's all new. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just okay. been like randomly in the middle of your Added. basilica. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Okie dokie. So that is kind of like what they knew for sure about St. Peter's grave that like, there's this reasonably strong tradition that he is supposedly under the altar. That's why the Basilica is called St. Peter's Basilica. Right. Like that's, that's what everybody thinks. And there has been a trend, you know, for the last thousand years that you just like, you don't mess with the altar area more than you have to because Peter is under there somewhere and we don't want to disturb him or damage it or like, you just don't touch it. Or find out that he's not there. (laughs) Yeah, you just like don't mess with it. Yeah, it's been the longstanding tradition for you know sixteen hundred years or whatever. Yep. In nineteen thirty nine is where this the more interesting part of the story starts, the part that I am very jazzed to tell you. So in nineteen thirty nine, not a good time for things to be starting though. No, it's a bad time. Uh, (laughs) uh, Pius the eleventh dies, and he, like many many popes before him, wants to be buried as close as possible to Peter. Because they think Peter's under the altar, right? Right. 
So they're operating on the assumption that he is down there and I yep. would like to be buried near to him. So I um, would like to be buried sort of under the modern basilica floor somewhere. Yep. And like I said, they have grottos under there. There's a ton of people buried in these grottos. A lot of yep. popes, a lot of other random people. Right. And so they are working on building his tomb and his fancy sarcophagus and stuff in these grottos. Yeah. And they are like doing all this and they're like, you know, we should we should do some more extensive alterations down here to make this more usable to like make it more spacious for people to come see. And like, we should put in a, like a permanent chapel down here. And like, there's space down here that we're not utilizing efficiently. And they're talking about space under Constantine or it'll be Constantine's floor. Yeah. Okay. Constantine's Um, level. Okay. So if we go back to that picture, this one, Yes. Um, so they've got these supporting walls between yeah. Constantine's floor and the new floor. Uh-huh. And so in this grotto, they've got like columns and arches and yeah. like, you know. Structural. Dark cask of Amontillado kind of yes. cavern grotto yeah. things. Yeah. That's what's down there now. And I guess yeah. the ceiling's only like seven or eight feet high, um, yeah. which is tall enough for people to walk in without hunching, but it's like claustrophobic and small. It's pretty know? short. Yeah. Yeah. It's small. Compared to uh, a so they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're just gonna renovate all of this and try to make it more usable and more practical. Okay. Um, gotcha. And so what they decide is that because this whole massive cathedral is built on top of them, right? Yeah. That they can't make this ceiling higher. No. The only thing they can do is make the floor lower. Oh. And so that's what they're, they're like. We're just gonna excavate, you know, two or three feet down, drop the floor. Yeah make it more spacious and we're uh, going to expand it that way. Like that's the easiest thing we can do because we can't make the floor, we can't make right. the ceiling higher because it will right. affect the floor of the basilica above. Yeah. Uh, so they start to work on this uh, okay. in 1939. And the first thing they do is they're in the grotto. They rip up the existing like stone flagstones on the floor. They start digging down and almost immediately they start running into stuff. Yeah. The first stuff they run into is just, like, random chunks of debris, like, bricks and chunks of yeah. metal and just, like, nothing. Building stuff. Yeah, yeah. building junk. Um, and then they also run into, like, a bunch of sarcophagi and, and coffins. Goodness gracious. And what they think is that since these aren't marked on the in the grotto level and yes. they don't seem to follow any, like, obvious pattern, they think that these are just various burials that were lowered down through the floor during Constantine's Basilica. All right, so this used to be floor level. They used to dig oh. a hole, lower things down under the floor, bury various important people under Constantine's floor, right? Who have now but they're not marked, and you would think that... Because they did well, that they thing think, all the time. Like yeah, they but they think the it's tiles. possible that, like, it could be that, like, the floor's been changed, or, like, when they built the oh. new modern basilica, they, you know, changed all the floors because they were falling apart and scuffed and old, and, like, yeah. they're just, like, they just don't know who these people are anymore. Okay. Um, but that's the theory, is that they were lowered through the floor... During the time of Constantine Basilica, which gotcha. was you know, 1,200 years or whatever. So long Miscellany time. important people. Okay. Yep. Um, and they're like, well, that's very interesting. And they like, you know, they pack them away. Some of them, they just get reburied in another Vatican cemetery. Some of them that are like more historically interesting, they t- set aside for study and, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're yeah. just like moving along. Uh, about three months after they start this work, they come across the top of a brick wall. And they're like, hmm, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be some of the tombs right yes from the so this is the thing is that you and me know that this is the top of a tomb but they they these people like traditionally they think that but there's not really any 
formal evidence to them that this is true. Right. right? That they built just built it on top of Straight the on top. graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they're like, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, so they start to dig around a bit and they sort of dig down along the side of this wall and they find out that it is one side of a pretty big rectangular room, at least 22 by 20. So like oh, that's pretty big, yeah. a modern bedroom, like a decent yeah. sized modern bedroom, like a pretty big room. Yeah. Uh, they determine from looking at the walls that the top of the wall and the roof of this building all got sliced off at some point, which right. we know is what yep. Constantine did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the whole thing got filled with dirt. So it became like a solid surface to build yep. the basilica on. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's fine and fun. And so they dig down and they're like looking around and it's like beautifully decorated. Like the walls yeah. are covered in stucco. It's painted. It's got decorations and murals and Fancy. mosaics and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're going down the walls and they find that they has it has a bunch of niches like set into the walls. Right. And all of these niches have urns on them. And they're like, oh, this is a tomb like so all those stories about it being on top of a graveyard are true this is a tomb right uh all of the burials in this tomb are cremations uh so for people who don't know pagans like pagan romans and other types of old-timey religious people like pre-christians yeah uh cremation was more com it was pretty common interesting almost the default um and the reason that we in the west have mostly moved away from cremation and towards burial is because the christians thought that you needed your body to like rise again right yeah and if you destroy your body at death you can't yeah like you can't live again which the christians yeah yeah, all switch to burials and it comes from jesus because jesus's body was gone yeah yeah. yeah. And so they're like, so we can't, you can't cremate, even though that was like the cultural norm at the time right. was to cremate. They're like, we're not going to do that. So the fact that all of the burials in this tomb are cremations is pretty, like, pretty much definite. These are all pagans, right? These are, yeah. this is not a Christian tomb. Right. Um, okay. So they're like, oh, so they're like moving along with this excavation on the assumption that this is a Christian tomb or a pagan tomb, pagan tomb. until they get all the way to the floor. Like they find the tiles and stuff on the floor yeah. and in the floor, they find out that there are, uh, that there is a Christian woman buried under the floor. Like she has a marker in the floor. Yeah. Um, so okay. somebody at some point, this family converted, you know, converted yeah. or one person converted or yeah. like whatever and they have at least one christian person yeah because this um, is theoretically like a family's tomb kind of like yeah a family yeah these plot. are like yeah. yeah these are like family mausoleums so they'll have right. like you know 20 people all be set in urns right. along the sides yeah um and so this girl this person is buried in the floor she according to her grave marker was a reasonably young woman she was 28 when she died Jeez. her name was amelia gorgonia Okay. Uh, and her tomb plaque thing said Dormit in pace, which means rest in peace, uh, which was a Christian thing yeah. to say. Like right. the pagans don't write that on their tombs. Yeah. So they keep digging around in this tomb. They're cleaning it all off. They eventually determine that it was owned by a family called the Catanius, Catanius's, Catanius okay. family. Uh, the building itself dated from about 150 CE. Uh, okay. but was in use by this family for at least 200 years. Like they were continuously right. adding new people to it for right. almost 200 years. So it's possible that sometime in that period, they convert to Christianity, which is how Amelia yeah. Gorgonia ends up Becomes in the floor. buried and not yep. cremated. Yeah. Okay. And so the excavators are like, well, this is great. This is like historically interesting and very dope, wow. right? Yes. They're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and so they start to dig around the sides of this tomb and they find out that it's not just one tomb. It's like a massive complex. Right. 
Um, and there are mausoleums on either side of the Catania's tomb. Yep. So the fact that they had had this tradition that the basilica was built over pagan tombs, like they're not surprised by this exactly. Yeah, but now they but it actually is like know. a fun confirmation right. for them yeah. to be like, ah, oh, yes, look, this look is all that. true. How fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this all seems fine. Right. Uh, the tradition was also that Peter was buried specifically amongst pagan tombs. So they're like, this all checks out. This is right. great. Everything yeah. is good. He wasn't buried in a Christian cemetery. This is all yep. perfect. Um, <laughs> then they start to think they're like, so all those stories about random shit getting turned up over the last thousand right. years, they're like, well, it must have just come from this, right? Yeah. This, this has all been just random stuff that they pulled up from the necropolis. Right. Um, so there was another story that in 1574, when they were building what's the new basilica, the one we have now, yeah. um, somebody accidentally breaks, he's like digging a foundation or something, yeah. and they break through the top of a small tomb. Uh-huh. And when they look inside of this little chamber, they see a golden mosaic with white horses. Oh. And they're like, well, that's cool. And then they also, there is a body like laying on a slab exposed oh. in this little tomb. Oh. They say that the body well, is covered in quicklime, which I don't totally know what that means, but it sounds gross. Um, uh, <laughs> but but I'm surprised that there is a gap, though, because theoretically they filled everything in. Unless it's just stuff just like the dirt just like settled and got washed uh, away. Well, something. they said when these guys look in, it seems like it seems like this tomb is lower than all of the ones around it. Ooh. So its roof doesn't get sliced off. Gotcha. So when they dump dirt in, they just dump dirt on, on top. top. Yeah. And the, so the interior chambers remains open. Gotcha. And empty. That's what the thinking is. Okay. And so these guys are like, well, that's cool. But like I said, the Pope told them not to mess with the stuff. Yeah. Like, so they just brick it back up and move on with their work. Okay. Uh, that was in 1574. Yeah. In 1626, uh, they're digging for, again, for foundations or something kind of near the high altar. Actually, really close to the high altar, the current yeah. high altar. Um, and they dig up the lid of a fancy marble sarcophagus that's got this guy like... He's like Land. lounging. I yeah. have a picture of it. Hang on. Oh, yeah, we he's have like it. Lounging. Yep. Oh. Okay. So they dig this up, and it originally had like a inscription tombstone marker thing with it. Okay. And the tombstone marker thing says that this guy's name is Flavius Agricola. Okay. Um, and then it gives like a like a recommendation to the reader of, oh. and I didn't, didn't write down the exact words, but the general implication was that like, this guy is very much about the pleasures of life. And he's oh. like, you're going to die one day. So you should eat and drink and Good. have sex and just like, enjoy your life. Cause you're going to be dead one day. Incredible. <laughs> and I guess when they dug this up in 1626, um, the, you know, the papal staff found this message very, insulting uh, and like anti-christian yes. yeah and so they had the um the plaque broken up and thrown into the river in rome oh good fortunately they did not break up this Thing. this lovely man reclining yes <laughs> which was the lid of the sarcophagus okay. um fun fact that i learned when i googled this yesterday because i was like yes. oh they found this guy i wonder if it still exists somewhere yeah where do you think that this is the, this the, lid the- this lovely yeah. man reclining in marble. Yeah, where um, do you think this lives? Because this is a museum. recent picture. 
Yeah, see, that's a reasonable. I was like, it's got to be in the Vatican the Museum, yeah. or it's in the British Museum, or it's right. in like Venice. You know, it's right. in some major European museum. It's in the Indiana- Indianapolis Art Museum, which means I'm we've definitely sorry. seen it. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> No. Why? We must have seen it a hundred times, yes. right? We must have just walked right past it. Because it's going to be in the section with all the Roman, yeah. Italian, yeah. Greek stuff. Yep. What? I know. I know. <laughs> that I know. is crazy. Yeah. I know. Wow. I know. I like the website for the art museum gives the like the provenance, you know, the yeah. we got it from these people and they got it from these people. And it's like a very normal explanation of like how it ends up at indianapolis it's just like some guy bought it from some guy and then he sold it to some guy who then inherited it over 100 years now it's you know it all makes every individual step makes perfect sense but when you jump from they dug it up under saint peter's basilica from the roman necropolis in 1626 to it's in indianapolis in 2023 i'm like that's crazy the funny part about (laughs) that is like you were you asked me that and i was like okay it's gotta be weird i was like and i was my first thought was like is it in the Indianapolis Children's Museum? <laughs> no, it is not. Um, but and, that would but be I guess equally museum, weird. Because I was like, that can't be that weird. But I know. The, I, I just totally forgot that the art museum <laughs> And that it could have weird shit like this. I kind of assumed that maybe this whole thing was just gone completely because they broke up the plaque right. and threw it in the river. And I was like, well, they probably just did all of it, right? Like, right. Why wouldn't not. you just get rid of all of it? So I was kind of, when I Googled it initially, I was like, it's probably nowhere. Yeah. They either broke it up or they just lost it in the last 400 years. And then I was like, if it's somewhere, it's definitely in the Vatican Museums because they would just never have moved it. Right. Or maybe the British Museums. Yeah. And then I Google image searched it. And the first image is this picture. Um, And you're like, oh. And the little little (laughs) caption thing that they put under the Google image search is like Indianapolis Art Museum. And I was like, what? I am sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. That's just a personal fun thing for us because we're from Indianapolis and it's weird. Super weird. Okay. But if you want to see it. Flavius Agricola, his lounging, his lounging sarcophagus lid is in Indianapolis. Next time we're home, we should go to the art museum and just take <laughs> a selfie. We're, we're absolutely going to. We found um, it. <laughs> I can't, like, it just, it blows my mind that we must have walked past this a hundred oh times. Gosh. And oh, I yeah. didn't know it was from this. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they keep working on this, um, this first tomb. The first tomb is the Catania's tomb. They keep working and they uncover two more tombs, one on either side of this first tomb. Um, and from that, they start to assume that there's probably a lot more than three, right? Yeah. If there's three, there's probably a, a shitload. Yes. And so <laughs> they kind of just like give up on their plan of lowering the floor of the grotto. They're like, that's just not, we're just, not it's great. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can't, we got to deal with this now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then they get, they go to the Pope, who is now Pius the Twelfth, and he gives them formal permission to like do a real archaeological excavation and like dig out all of these tombs and do wow. all the, you know do the yeah. proper research. Yeah. Uh, so they put together a team. Uh, most of these guys don't really come up again by name, um, but I will tell you about them quickly. Okay. Uh, so there's one guy. His name is Antonio Ferrua, and another guy called Engelbert Kirschbaum. And these two are both, yep, these guys are both Jesuit priests who work for the Papal Institute for Christian Archaeology. Oh. So they're Didn't like, I know that existed. Yep. 
it's even more surprising that it existed in 1939 or whenever this is. Yes. Uh, yes. So those, those two guys are qualified. They also get this guy named Bruno Apollini Getty, who's the Vatican architect, like the head architect. Oh, okay. Um, and Probably then a guy good to named, have if you're going to be digging yep. under a building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Professor Enrico Josi, who is the Vatican's inspector of the catacombs, and he's in charge Ooh. of like, you know, maintaining them and yes. keeping an eye on them. Which is also probably a good thing if you're going to be digging also under buildings. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so those four guys are like the core of the team that they put together. And then their like unofficial leader is this guy called Monsignor Ludwig Koss, okay. uh, who's the administrator of St. Peter's Basilica. So he's kind okay. of in charge of like the daily yeah. administrative yeah. running of this basilica. Right. And he's he's not really like on the ground involved with the excavation. He's more just like overseeing. He's like, hey, um, you can't excavate on Sundays kind of thing. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they... Don't do something that means people will fall into it. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> the Pope gives them permission to do this, but he sets uh, some conditions. Okay. So one of the conditions is that they can keep working as long as they don't disrupt the day-to-day running of the basilica like they're right. not going to close the basilica for this yeah. right like they need to work around the people like, don't don't let people fall into your holes yeah don't let all people fall into holes uh, and they're also told that they are not allowed to disturb the area under the high altar yeah because again there's like a long-standing Nobody, tradition that you yeah. do not fuck with that area and Pius the 12th is not willing to be the person who breaks that tradition that area. <laughs> yeah so he's just like just he's like dig around the necropolis like yeah. go for it you know, great, Pagans, very interesting, great. very cool. Do it. <laughs> um, he's like, don't get near the, um, yeah. don't get near the altar. So just quickly for anyone who's not super familiar with the word necropolis, yes. um, it means cemetery. It's like an old timey word for right. a cemetery or a graveyard, uh, but it comes from the roots of the word. So necro, like yeah. uh, necrotize or um, necrophilia is like uh-huh. death or dead body or corpse. Um, and then polis, Dead. necropolis, is city, <laughs> yep. as yep. in metropolis, Indianapolis, yep. Minneapolis, like it means city. Annapolis. Yeah, it means city. Uh. <laughs> so a necropolis is like a city of the dead yeah. or the city of the bodies. So it's a, yes. it's a graveyard. I'll probably call it a necropolis because that's mostly what it's called now. Right. Uh, so they start digging. They start digging in 1941, which is about 18 months after they initially started the work to lower the grotto floors. Right. Um, so they kind of like. That's just kind of surprising because they dug around for a bit and then they decided they couldn't lower the floors and then they went started the process of getting actual approval and they got that through pretty quick actually. Yeah, they did. Seems like. Uh, yep. So they start digging and they've got you know real archaeologists and things. Um, okay. This you know, is good. they're taking good notes, start. they're taking measurements and stuff. Delightful. They pretty quickly uncover the tomb of the Valerius family, okay. um, who are also pagans, mostly. Uh, also another tomb that was built kind of probably in a similar time in like the mid 100s and then used for okay. a long, long time. Yeah. This one is interesting from a art history perspective because... Um, <laughs> so... In this tomb, they have, like, these niches set all our big, full-size, like, full human height niches set along the walls. And each of these niches is a full-size stucco statue of the person. So it'd be like, Grandma died. So they make a full-size sculpture of Grandma, put her in the niche, and put her her urn, you know, like, under it, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got this, like, there's, like, 12 or 15 full-size portraits of this family oh. in this um that's pretty cool 
in this tomb, which is fun. I have a picture of it. Oh, so this is the Catania's tomb. This is the first okay. one we enter. Um, and so I, yeah, I was like. wondering, I was looking at this earlier. I was wondering, so all of that color, like paint is real? Yep, because it was buried damn. for so long, so it wasn't exposed yeah. to the air. That's impressive. So yeah, it's got red walls. It's got some blue. Yeah. It's quite, there's a mosaic on the floor. Right. Um, so that's the first tomb they broke into, the first one they found. Wow. Um, and then this is the Valerius tomb. So there's these niches oh, where yeah. they have like full-size people statues of this family. Um, so these photos, so one's in black and white, one's newer, relatively. Uh, are the yes, color the black ones and white the ones or the, the black, black and white one? ones are the original excavation photographs oh, taken when they in the, uncovered in it. The forties, yeah, okay. yeah, and then the color ones are like yep. new tourist Vatican right. photos. Um, gotcha. You can also Google this uh, if you Google Vatican necropolis. That's what it's like formally co- called. Yeah, uh, you can get you know shitloads of photos. Right. So, yep, this is the Valerius tomb. Huh, Again, okay. it's mostly pagans. It's got, like, pagan art, pagan inscriptions. It's, like, it's yeah. a pagan tomb. Um, but it, just like in the previous tomb, they do find a couple of Christian burials. In this one, there are two Christian burials. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have much to say about those people. But uh, the interesting thing that they find in this tomb beyond the... Yes, you have a question. Pause. I had just had the thought, is the person in the middle a woman? I don't think so. I think the person in the middle okay. is... Like the patriarch of this that's, family. Okay, that's like what I was wondering. Grandma. I was like, if it's a woman, that's pretty cool because she's like in no. a, or they're like in a bigger. Yeah, no, you know, I think niche. that's like that... Grandpa Valerius. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a woman. Sad. Not totally sure, but I don't think so. Yeah, can't really tell. Yep. Uh, right. So this tomb is interesting from like a art history perspective because these carvings, yeah. I guess, not only is it's fun that they're portraits of the deceased, but also I guess it's like technically extremely well done and like some of the best examples of this. Oh, yeah. Sculpture in the world. And you have probably a really good uh, time point. Yeah, they do. And they have names and like, it's just, it's great historically and artistically. Hmm, But on top of that, they find something quite exciting in this tomb. So behind one of these statues in one of these niches, they find like a drawing that like graffiti kind of that somebody used charcoal or like a a pencil to yeah. like draw draw this little drawing behind one of these statues incredible and it's okay. a drawing of two heads here's the what picture the it's in black and white it's very hard to see i That's up weird. the contrast so hopefully yeah. you can see these two guys right yes um yeah so there's these two guys the top one they <laughs> think is jesus which is Whoa. very hard to tell from this picture um but the reason they think it's jesus is because uh there's like a phoenix sort of Around his head, which we can't see in this picture, but I believe it is there. Uh, And I guess in very early Christianity, the phoenix was used as a symbol of Christ because of the like rising, rising thing. Yeah. So phoenixes were often used as a symbol of Christ. And then on this guy's forehead, which we also can't see because this picture is not good enough. It says vibus, which is a Uh, Latin word, which means living. Living. And is also understood to be like a reference to Christian, like a Christian phrase. Like Jesus lives. So yeah. Those, so they're the like pretty sure that, that say, this Jesus top dude. Lives in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like pretty sure that this top okay. dude is Jesus. Uh, and then there's an older guy with like angry eyebrows drawn below him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and see. the thinking was that this other guy is Peter, and that's why he's old. Gotcha. Because Peter lived into you know into yes. his sixties. Yeah. Uh, you can't really see very well, but there are some words carved, yeah. like written around Squiggly, this. Yeah. And what they could figure out, because obviously it's decaying and coming apart, yeah. right? Um, what they could work out, it says, Peter, pray Christ Jesus for the holy. 
dot 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 Ah. The rest of it's lost. And so, like, it says Peter, it says Christ Jesus. They're like, this is yeah. a Christian graffiti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, great. Weird. Yep. But why uh, in so, this tomb? Well, so that's the thinking, is that they're like, this is a pagan tomb. Like, these yeah. people, the people buried here are not Christians, except for the two people on the floor. Um, right. Who were probably some of the later editions anyway. Yes. Uh, and they're like, well, maybe it means that, that this family is more Christian than it seems. Yes. Right. And so they're, they're doing pagan rituals because it's safer. Right. Yeah. But that sort of behind this niche in a dark corner where no one's going to see it, they, they draw this. It's possible that they think maybe somebody around the time of Constantine before they filled this in. Yeah. They sliced the roof off. Somebody came down here and drew some graffiti. It's just actual graffiti. Yeah. Yeah. It's just actual graffiti. Yeah. Um, Unrelated to the tomb, really. Yeah. And so they're just kind of, they, like, they can't, they can't know for yeah, sure, obviously. Yeah. It's really hard to date graffiti. Yes. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, we can't say for sure how it got here. Um, but it is kind of a weird thing to draw well, if Peter's not nearby. Hang on. If it isn't charcoal, couldn't you carbon date it? Uh, maybe. You'd have to get a lot of it, though. And there's probably not a whole lot. Yeah, and you don't or want it to could destroy be it because you can't. Yeah. You can't put this back together, you know? Yes, <laughs> it's also been buried for 2,000 years in organic yes, soil. Yes, in organic soil. Worms okay. and stuff. Um, so, yeah. Uh, apparently, okay. fun fact about this little sketch mm-hmm. is that up to the time that, you know, 1940 when they found this, yes. up to that time, it might still be true, not really sure, this was the only instance of early Christian graffiti being accompanied by a picture. Oh, because I guess there's like there's other sites and other places where they yeah. have early Christian like writings Words. and inscriptions and stuff, but this is the only one known at the time that had pictures, which is fun. The bottom one kind of looks like Shrek. Yeah, a little bit. He looks angry. It does. <laughs> so they continue to dig, and that's where this picture comes in. Yeah. So they keep digging, and eventually they find just like a lot. So they pop through at Catanius. Yeah, they come through in Catanius. And then they go to Valerius. And they, yeah, they sort of go outwards from in both directions from him. And this one over here is unremarkable, so they don't know about it. Label it, Um, But, like, they all of these tombs have stuff in them, right? They all have paintings, they all have sculptures, they all have burials. They're just of various levels of historical interest and uniqueness. So Valerius is the one with the fun sculptures and the little drawing. Yes. Uh, And they're just kind of, like, moving along. And they keep working, and... They're starting to do dating of all of these and like work uh-huh. out when they were built and stuff. And what they have figured out is that most of them seem to have been built at the absolute earliest, about 60 years after Peter died. Okay. And so they're like, but the tradition is that he was buried in an active cemetery. Right. Right. So why are all of these tombs from later? Right. So they're like, that seems... Something seems off about that. Yeah. Uh, but they keep excavating up the row. They keep finding more and more mausoleums. They also find yeah. a second street, like kind of like across the street. There's another row. Yeah. You can see here. Mm-hmm. And they suspect that it probably runs like up to a mile in any it given direction. It just keeps going. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just keeps sure. going. And yeah. they, they can't excavate all of it, of course, because the, the basilica will fall down. But Yeah. <laughs> or you're just like, you're just like into other stuff around it. And yeah. Because like, remember, the basilica is using all of these walls as its yep. foundation still. So yep. they like can't, they can't yeah. just keep digging it all out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
So they keep digging. They find various things. You know, they've got nifty paintings and mosaics and just stuff that's interesting if you're into Roman history. Okay. You know, just normal Roman stuff. Um, It is supposedly one of the best examples of a Roman necropolis, and it has a lot of things that don't appear anywhere else. Right. Just because of how well-preserved this all was. Probably because it was, like, you know, filled in and... Yeah, because they they didn't move anything. They just, like, one day, Constantine walked up and they just filled it in. Filled it in. Like, nobody moved anything. Nobody took anything home. They just, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, So eventually, they keep working towards the high altar, and they kind of get up near it, and then they're like, we have to stop because the Pope told us not to go in here. Right. So they stop. Uh, And now they're like, well... They, I guess they, they were moving, like, too fast through all of this because oh. they were excited. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we need to stop and go back. Go and, back like, and take the photos, take the measurements, like, yes. clean everything up properly. And they're like, we're just going to focus on completely freeing this row of tombs so we can get as much data and information as we can. And that is where we're going to end it for this episode. So if you liked this episode and want to hear more, make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast on every whatever podcast distributor you subscribe to. Uh, Rate and subscribe. That is always helpful in general. Uh, As a reminder, all these last few episodes are going to have some photos associated with them that will be posted on our Instagram at Martyr and Monk. And Victoria will be posting the timestamps in the description so if you're interested in looking at those photos as we talk about them you can head there and we will see you next week bye